Hello, hello. Hey, y'all. It's Bree. And Dee. We're at the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. We're back again uh, talking about some good stuff and ready to have some great conversation tonight. Again, thank you all for listening. Um, We've gotten some amazing feedback from Mm -hmm. folks that have been checking out the podcast and the blog, and we really appreciate all the love on the Instagram page. So, you know, we we love all y'all. So before we get into tonight's topic, of course, we need to catch up and see what's been happening over the last week or two since we last chit-chatted so what's been going on with you d oh god it's only been a week okay yeah i don't even know it's even been like two i think it's been maybe a week and some change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um oh goodness what have i been up to hanging out with the ducks that's not new though right um other than that we got to see them in actual water mm. amen for duck bath hour i guess i don't interesting. know interesting interesting <laughs> um what else? I have been doing strong people things at the strong people gym and experimenting mm-hmm. with some new training techniques. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where those take us. And I, I you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> None of us do. That's this is I'm, I'm I think I'm in true fake it till you make it mode. So right. I'm just try- at this point, I'm trying to make it to my vacation time from work. I think I just need that like little bit of a breather that's all and yeah it's been really unexciting i ate a lot of korean barbecue for july 4th because that was Mm. that was yesterday right yes okay so that that sounds amazing i've been doing a lot of shopping because i did discover recently that working from home for those of y'all who have considered working from home there is one danger your gym clothes become your real life clothes too right and when you you know have oh, let's go to dinner or let's go to a play or let's do something that normal human beings do. Uh, Blind panic. Yeah, blind (laughs) panic because my entire closet is leggings and t-shirts and tank tops that are completely inappropriate for dinner at at a nice restaurant. So (laughs) I've been doing a lot of shopping. That's it. Shopping and eating. I don't know what kind of person goes and eats, you know, 20 pounds of Korean barbecue and then puts their food baby in 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 a romper but that's what I did yesterday (laughs) normal people do that that's (laughs) so yeah that's been my life I feel like you've been up to a lot more than I have been hmm you always say that I'm not sure why I feel Um, like you guys go on a lot of little family adventures and you've got you've got a teenager who does things oh god my god he does yeah so we've been having some adventures so let's see what's been going on with our heroine since we last caught up with her. So, um, t- talk to y'all last episode about me um, pulling the plug on the bodybuilding prep. So obviously I've been eating my face off. Um, yeah, It's been amazing. Within reason, um, you know, just like I said, literally just trying to gradually get my calories back up, get my strength back up. Um, and it, it, it's been a little interesting watching the rapid changes in my body. Um, you know, I'm definitely, I think one of those people that, you know, once I just start adding more food in my body's like, okay, yeah, goodbye abs. Goodbye, you know, <laughs> cuts. Here we are. So that's been interesting. She's lying. I am not. Um, but ment- mentally, you know, and, and I'm, I'm taking it in stride, but I, I will say that there are definitely 
I have my moments where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I didn't. But I mean, I know I did the right thing. But it's just it's just interesting how that's even though I know rationally, like how this how the game works, how this process works, you know, you, you know, people aren't meant to be that lean all the time, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just interesting how you still get those little, you know, mind mind fucks sometimes. So just been trying to, you know, take it easy and be easy on myself and all of that good stuff. It's really interesting because I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but I actually right shortly after I'd made the decision to retire from competitive bodybuilding, I actually ended up going to a bodybuilding show um, to support a friend. And, you know, I was feeling some kind of way about that. I wasn't sure, you know, how, like what, what, how I would feel about that. Like, would I be like, oh my gosh, look at all these super lean people. You know, I made the wrong decision, what have you. Um, the only thing I thought when I was there, and I mean, it was fine. I, um, you know, supported a couple of friends that I knew that were in the show. But after a while, I was like, get me out of here. Like, I just was so ready to go. Like, I was just kind of not really necessarily wanting to be in that environment anymore. Um, so that's why I kind of felt like, you know, okay, I, I get it. You know, this this was that that was my message from the universe that, you know, made the right decision it's time to move on do some other things so other than that um just trying to um figure out you know my new programming um and and sort of you know what i'm going to be doing for the next few months you know am i going to just be a normal regular regular schmegular lifter girl or you know think more about powerlifting? um went back to crossfit which has been a lot of fun i i you know it's I realized how much I missed it. Um, I had just kind of taken a break when I was prepping for my show because I'm just always very sort of cognizant of, of not overloading my body and doing too much. So I hadn't really been regularly in probably about five months or so. So it was really nice to go back and, um, you know, hang out with my um, uh, CrossFit family. Um, shout out to CrossFit Laurel. Hey, y'all. Um, and get back into that. And it's actually, it was really cool because um, I recognize that I'm a little bit lighter than the last time I was going regularly. So a lot of the movements that were particularly challenging weren't as challenging this time. So that was pretty encouraging. Um, of course, I'm sore and everything hurts and I want to <laughs> die, but that's fine. Um, so other than that, um, for the fourth holiday, uh, went on a fishing charter <laughs> with um, some families, some other friends and families. Um, we do it every year. And I, of course, drug my unenthusiastic 13-year-old along. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like, Dee can tell you, like, if you saw the pictures on my Instagram page, the look on his face was like, <laughs> I would rather be anywhere else but here. But he was the one that was like, are we going fishing this year? So... <laughs> He's 13. He has to be. Yes. Grumpy. Yes. Yeah, totally grumpy. And then I I also acquiesced and allowed him to have an Instagram page, which I'm slightly freaking out about, but I'm, you know, going I'm trying to let him do him and 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 sort of, you know, navigate this whole social media thing. He did really well um on his report card at the end of the year. That was kind of our deal. You know, if you do if you do well, then, you know, we can we can sort of talk about a little bit more social media presence. So, I'm trying to like hang back and not be the, you know, helicopter mom but best believe 
I got that uh, login information. So if I see anything crazy, then I will definitely act upon it. But so far, so good. So I'm learning to let go a little bit. He's actually going to sleepaway camp in another week. So I'm still somewhat freaking out about that, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, life is life. Angus is Angus, the dog. And, uh, you know, we're just just chilling. So that's that's kind of what's been happening on my end. Yeah, it's funny that you're back in CrossFit because I am, I've been, one of the things, I think I did talk about taking a break from uh, working with my coach. Mm-hmm. And that's still kind of in development, what's going to come from that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've been working since I've been uh, training at this place called The Rack, not too far from where I live. Mm-hmm. I, there are lots of different kinds of coaches there. There are about three or four guys, no, let's see, three guys there who coach. I believe there's a woman who coaches there too, but I've never met her. I, I, so as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, she's a mythical unicorn. Right. But <laughs> I know the three guys there and they train very differently from each other. And I kind of linked up with one of them just to kind of do some athletic stuff back, I think. And this speaks to some of what we're talking about today is I have always been athletic and it's always been important for me to be athletic. And I noticed that I was for and I'm going to totally get blowback from this so sorry power lifters this is Uh-oh. I'm going to try to make this sound nice I have been spending too much time being a power lifter and not enough time being an athlete mm. and I had lost some of my um I guess you could say the speed and agility and the things that I like to do on the side and the ability to that, you know, when you've come from a background of gymnastics and other sports and dance and things like that, mm-hmm. you're used to being able to do certain things. And when I realized I couldn't do shoulder rolls anymore and back walkovers and things of that nature at all, because I hadn't really, I've been stretching, but not necessarily being athletic. My, my, my coach that I've been working with is a very structured focus on things that are directly impacting your three big lifts that you compete mm-hmm. and a very specific structure and I think I had lost some of the um, first of all the fun of it and then also just the, the athleticism I've always kept I know mm-hmm. we post I posted yesterday on our on our uh, chocolate bar page I reposted uh, CC Kyle's uh, mega gymnastics that skills was crazy shout out to CC um, she's one of my favorite people if you don't know her you don't follow her follow her she's great um, she was she used to compete in fitness I don't know if she still does I haven't seen her hit the stage in a couple of years but she used to compete in um, NPC fitness uh, she is a pretty badass crossfitter. I think she's focusing on actually doing weightlifting as an Olympic weightlifting now, but she's mm-hmm. also strong enough to power lift if she wants to and has epic gymnastic skills. So it's, it, you know, that having that ability to kind of go back and forth between things, even though I am definitely not a crossfitter, um, but being able to move back and forth between sports like that, and if I decide to pick up something else, not having to desperately struggle with it has been important mm-hmm. to me my mm-hmm. whole life. And I'd lost some of that. So I've been working with one of the coaches to kind of, you know, keep my powerlifting game together, but also get some other stuff in. So I, you know, yeah. he's programming fun stuff for me. Just, mm-hmm. you know. You know, it's kind of funny. I had an epiphany um, on 
yeah so yeah yesterday um so on the fourth typically my um, crossfit box crossfit laurel does a hero wad and for those of you who don't know what that is that's basically a workout that is named after um, a fallen soldier someone who was killed um uh in what is it called when you're in the military and you're killed in action or in duty whatever um and so it's usually some ridiculous workout that literally you want to die while you're doing it but then you can't stop doing it because you feel like an asshole because it's for a fallen soldier so you're sort of forced to do it anyway um i was there yesterday doing the wad and i was talking to another friend and i was telling them that i you know i sort of retired from the whole bodybuilding thing and they were kind of like you know what do you want to do you know what do you, what do you like the most you know out of sort of all the things you do and i said you know what i said i think what I'm striving for at this point, and this will tie in a lot to what we're talking about this evening in terms of balance, is that I want to be fit enough, lean enough, and strong enough. So, you know, I think if I can get to that point in in the three sort of disciplines where I am, you know, be it um, bodybuilding or powerlifting or CrossFit, then I'll be happy. Like, I'm not necessarily looking to be, you know, super amazing in any one thing. I just kind of want enough of of each thing and I think that kind of speaks to what you were talking about about you know getting that athleticism back and all these other things and I think when I you know one of the things that I've noticed is that when I tend to you know sort of lean too much in one direction you know it's almost like a rubber band you know when I when I you know pull so much in one direction there's going to be that bounce back right so you know I you know sort of spent all of this time and all of this interest energy into you know bodybuilding competition and prep and being lean and all this other stuff um and you know i think part of my unhappiness stemmed from the fact that i wasn't able to do the other things that i really love because they're sort of counterproductive to each other you know at this point you know whether it be doing my you know just lifting heavy ass shit or whether it be doing crossfit so you know i think for me like you i'm now in that process of just kind of pulling a little bit from each of the each of my passions as opposed to you know sort of you know just focusing on one and you know different people are different but I, I think and I find that that works best for me when I reflect on you know when I was happiest sort of you know with my uh, you know physical self in terms of aesthetics and strength and all those things I was kind of doing a combination of all three so that's you know that's kind of where I'm trying to exist at this point yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think that's, I think even with me still having an eye on competing in powerlifting, I think mm-hmm. one of the conversations I have to have, no matter who's coaching me, is right. that I am not one who does well with squat, bench, deadlift, squat, bench, deadlift, squat. I need to run. I need to sprint. I need to move fast. I need to feel physically strong. Like when mm-hmm. I can't when I don't have the ability, it's there. I don't know where this weird standard came from. Where if I can't do a back bend without be feel you know feeling crippled the next right. morning, <laughs> that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think for me, lean being lean never comes into it because I'm a fat kid. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lean mm-hmm. went out. Lean went out the window ten years ago. I mm-hmm. just my body said, you know what look chunky that's what you're gonna be love the chunky <laughs> so that's it uh, you know my booty's big my thighs are thick i'm chunky it's what it, it is what it is mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i definitely don't like feeling that my weight or my size is impeding 
on my ability to be speedy and what have you. Right, exactly. And I think when I lean too hard on traditional powerlifting, that's what starts to happen. And I also think, to go back to our real topic for today, I think I burn out really quickly on three, three, you know, three lifts that are consistently programmed as just those three lifts. And I just sometimes think that there are ways to do a little bit of everything and still end up with your end goal. I think, and I think that's kind of what I'm looking for, regardless of who's coaching me or Mm -hmm. where I'm training is to get to a point where I can, you know, like right now, one of the things that's programmed into some of the stuff I'm working on is doing heavy. He actually, in the most literal sense of the word, has it listed as heavy ass yoke hold. So I just load the yoke, the, the, the yoke up with a whole bunch of weight and hold it there and then there's one day where it says heavy as fuck yoke walk again no numbers just heavy as fuck okay i'll I'll allow it (laughs) yeah i I was like all right okay and being able to do things like that where it's still is part of the strength sports it's part of something you would do in a strong woman competition but it feeds i think the thought process behind it is to kind of feed my squat build my squat so that when you walk out because i think for a lot of people the squat is a mind game <laughs> and you put that weight on your back and if it mm-hmm. feels heavy when it's on your back you're not going to squat it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think part of what we're doing is building that ability to put 400 pounds or whatever on my back even though i'm not squatting 400 pounds anytime soon um the ability to put 400 pounds on my back and feel comfortable with it there and not have it scare me Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think right now it's just about being athletic and getting some work in on various things that I've never done before, things I haven't done in a while, feeling a little bit more like an athlete and less like a full-time power lifter so that I can just move between things. I feel like what I, I just, I just think it's a, I just, I think I just prefer to be well-rounded. <laughs> right. And not everybody, you know, not everybody wants to do that. I mean, I mean, it might be to the detriment of my powerlifting. Who knows? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's to be evaluated later. So yeah. <laughs> I guess I we should you. probably circle back to what we're actually talking about today because yes. we never intro the show. <laughs> oh, right. So this has been, um, you know, just again, in light of sort of some you know recent changes for I think for both of us, um, you know, this has kind of been at the forefront of, of our minds. And that's really... Um, burnout burnout like you know just really just burning out on 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 things that you do and 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 trying to maintain that balance like we talked about um and and just trying to figure that out I mean I I think we're both kind of going through that a little bit now so we figured it might be um you know a really uh timely topic to talk about in terms of you know sort of our personal experiences and you know kind of how you recognize that and what you can do about it So, um, you know, I guess for me, um, you know, like we talked a little bit about, um, you know, I talked a little bit about kind of some recent changes I made with bodybuilding, whatever. And I think part of what contributed to that, to my decision to, you know, sort of in that um, process was that I'm just I'm I'm really burnt out. Like I just, you know, I mean, I've been competing off and on for about 12 13 years and there really hasn't been a time when I haven't been 
you know, training for something, you know, whether that is off season or whether that is, you know, um, actively in prep or whatever, it's always sort of been, I've been doing it for the next big thing. And, you know, I just really started to notice, you know, kind of towards the end of my prep that I just, you know, like everything was hurting. I was sore all the time. And I'm not one of those people, um, that, you know, immediately after a workout, I'm on Instagram, like, oh my God, so sore, I'm dying, I'm dying. Like, that's just not, you know, really <laughs> how my body works. Um, and we all know those people. Um, and, you know, for me, it's kind of a cumulative thing. So usually by Thursday, Friday, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. Um, but I was just starting to notice that every single day, training day, I was sore as shit, like just, unbelievably so um you know that was starting to happen a lot more i was starting to really dread really dread going to the gym and that is you know that is so the antithesis of me you know i may not like a whole lot of other things but i've always loved to train there are a lot of competitors that don't necessarily like working out but they do it because it yields them the results that they want i'm not one of those people i love working out always have so i found myself really dreading being in the gym and then when i was there just kind of walking around like a zombie um my sleep really started to to you know become affected i wasn't sleeping well at night i wasn't sleeping the whole night through like and then you know my depression started kicking in like it was a lot of things and and you know i i attribute that to just really being burnt out um and you know i'm the kind of person where again you know you you talk to people or you know you see these memes on instagram like there are no days off nah bitch <laughs> i need some time off like you know I, like when i get to the point where it's like time for a deload like i will happily do that because my body literally needs it and as a matter of fact i don't even necessarily have to program them in that in to my training now because my body automatically tells me usually about by week six on a program you need to deload and whether that be take an entire week off or you know just do something you know sort of active recovery whatever my body will let me know and i you know i've gotten much better at listening to that um so you know and then that's kind of what i'm dealing with right now like i you know i'm, I'm still just feeling a little burnt out so you know i i I have a plan that I've been working with my coach in terms of reverse dieting and, you know, kind of transitioning out of that prep mode. But, you know, getting in the gym and doing sort of those prescribed workouts, has been a bit of a struggle for me, um, either just because, again, I'm super sore or, you know, I look at the workout. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do all this mess, you know, or, you know. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is what I probably should be lifting, you know, given where I am, but, you know, I'll just pick up the five pound pink dumbbells just cause I'm tired. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, you know, where I'm sitting right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's an ever evolving process. Um, you know, I'm thinking about maybe taking a whole week off next week, just not training Ooh. at all. You know, because um, I'm still really feeling the effects from, you know, soreness and muscles and all of that. So y'all y'all know I'm old, so <laughs> I can't be, you know, trying to do this stuff that, you know, these 20 and 30 year olds do. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know, again, sort of what's going to work best for me now. Because what worked for me two years ago or my last prep or five years ago isn't necessarily, you know, 
going to work for me now. So, you know, that's kind of where I am. That's, I, I, you know, it's funny because I am always along for the ride with your preps. Mm-hmm. And I never let you give up the first time you say you are. Because mm-hmm. we always have the same conversation at least twice while yes. you're prepping. <laughs> yes. So I remember the third time we had the conversation. And I didn't argue with you. Mm-hmm. I asked you if you were sure. But I didn't really try to stop you. And it was because every time we talked, you were just like, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was death and doom and destruction. And I think we were going through it together. So we also didn't have a whole lot of ability to drag each other out of the hole. Right. Because <laughs> on the days that I was training, I was messaging you like, I don't want to deadlift today. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to deadlift again. Right. Why did I do this? And mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes it takes hearing yourself to realize that <laughs> you're exhausted yes I, and and i think you you touched on something really important about not wanting to train because mm-hmm. like you said i've never been one to say i don't want to do this right i've never been one the gym is probably even when i was 250 pounds and i was trying to lose weight and it wasn't working mm-hmm. i still went to the gym or took yoga or right. something every day and it never occurred to me not to train and when I got to a point where it just I'd wake up and I'd want to cry the idea Mm -hmm. of going to the gym made me want to cry and it wasn't because I was sore it wasn't because anything was particularly difficult that was on my programming right I was just the idea of it just sounded so miserable and so terrible that I just I couldn't do it I just just, no no not today I don't I'm not having fun with it and I had promised myself despite the fact that I was pursuing this whole powerlifting thing that I wouldn't let it become something that made me miserable because I didn't want to end up where I was after I did figure prep yep and the coach I worked with for figure prep I don't think I'm going to say this and I know some of you know who she is and I don't think I really have anything truly negative to say about her But she's one of those women who perpetually lives in some version of prep. Her normal Mm -hmm. life, her normal life is what most of us would call the early diet. That diet you do when you've been eating whatever the fuck you want for six months. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, you know what? Let me back up and make friends with some sweet potatoes, broccoli, and oatmeal again. Right. (laughs) Her normal life is that diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for her, prep is like a lifestyle. And mm. I don't think she ever truly understood when I said, look, lady, I have been doing this for nine months. Right. I'm going to go jump out the window now. Right. <laughs> I was so miserable. And I promised myself that I wouldn't do that with this powerlifting thing. Right. Because at the end of the day, powerlifting is supposed to be, I'm not going to be anybody's professional powerlifter what is that even i mean i'm i'm my total is nowhere near elite um world's world world champion what (laughs) but hobbies are supposed to be fun that's why they're hobbies if they weren't fun it would be work exactly and so if it's not if it's not fun, then why are you doing it? And then, exactly. and, and I had to ask myself that, you know, that was really the turning point for me. I was like, why are you doing this? 
it's not fun, you know, and I mean, you know, to a certain extent, we understand, you know, prep is uncomfortable, it's not necessarily going to be fun per se, like it's, you know, it's challenging, it's not easy. But in previous, you know, times, I've always in, enjoyed the, the the working out part of it, that sense of accomplishment and sort of meeting those goals or whatever, even if I didn't necessarily enjoy the dieting part. So, you know, this one was just so decidedly different because I just hated every single thing, every single minute, right? And I just said, you know, life is too short to be doing shit that you hate. Yep. You know, and, and I think, you know, and, and I've decided, you know, and going forward, you know, I've extracted that lesson to say whatever, you know, I kind of find myself falling into next, whether it be, you know, power, powerlifting meet or, you know, God forbid, a CrossFit competition, which I doubt that will ever happen. But I'm not going to pursue it to the extent that it's just not fun. Like, I just don't have time for that. Yep. You know, there's plenty of other things in my life that are not fun. So exactly <laughs> that I have to do right. Exactly. If it's, if it's voluntary, then, you know, I'm just I'm not going to do it. So and I think part of, you know, the hard part about this and the challenge about this is, you know, twofold. Number one, recognizing that that's OK. You know, if you decide to step back or, you know, reset or whatever, it's absolutely okay to do that. And number two, giving yourself permission to do that, right? I think, you know, when you, you know, sort of have that kind of personality that is drawn to these kind of sports anyway, you know, you you sort of, you strive for excellence. You strive to be the very best that you can be. And so having to admit to yourself that maybe I need to take a break, maybe I need to change directions, maybe I, it can be hard, but you know, you have to give yourself permission to do that. You know, and I think that's what was really, um, I, I mean, I didn't hesitate too much you know when once I made that decision I was like I'm good I'm done and like you know didn't really look back but I think you know definitely for a lot of folks they struggle with that you know they struggle with well I should be here or I should be at this point or I should be loving this because everybody else loves it let me tell you a damn thing I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day who is also um, prepping for a bodybuilding show you know, you'll go on social media, whatever, on the Instagrams or the Facebooks, or whatever, and prep is wonderful. I'm enjoying this so much. They're fucking lying. liars. They are <laughs> lying their asses off. Nobody enjoys this shit. You know, no. you might en- you might enjoy again the results that you get, but nobody enjoys that process. And if they say they are, they are lying. One day I'm gonna do an episode and just kind of walk you through what a typical prep is like, so you'll know. But anyway, yeah, it is not it is not an enjoyable, fun thing to do. So anytime you hear somebody saying that, you can completely discount it. I mean, there may be that one odd, you know, person that really does love the entire process, but most of them are liars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just our, I think, oh, go ahead, one, go ahead. One, I think one of the things that happens and I see it in, in bodybuilding more than I do in powerlifting, but I see it in powerlifting too, mm-hmm. is that a lot of these people, what I think, and I think it's important for us to talk about it because we're quote unquote normal people. Neither of us do these things as jobs or they're, and right. nor are they connected to our real jobs. Right. And I think what people forget is a lot of these Instagram people, especially these big name athletes, number mm-hmm. one. They have sponsors. Number two, they have big name profiles attached to them. Often Mm -hmm. they are making a business out of prepping. They 
they prep, they look amazing, they get on stage, they get people who want to prep with them or train with them. If your mm-hmm. job is, and your ability to pay your bills for that matter, is attached to you enjoying prep, you're going to lie your ass off about how right. great it is. Right. So don't take these things from these people who are professional whatevers as gospel. I mean, normal people have, those of us who have regular jobs, that I don't know anybody who has a regular job and a regular life mm-hmm. who totally enjoyed prep. I know tons of competitors and when you're having to go to work and you feel, especially those last, you know, depending on how your body reacts to prep, four mm-hmm. to eight weeks where you just feel like shit all the time. Right. Nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys that. No. no. And with powerlifting, it might not be the diet thing because Lord knows a lot of us don't diet. Right. <laughs> but the training, especially as you're building up toward a meet, there comes a point when you're building up toward a meet where you start to just feel like crap. Your lifts are crap. Everything is crap. Period. Mm-hmm. And again, if you make your money as a person who trains people you can't really say that publicly right exactly you 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 have to love the process at least publicly you might go home and tell your significant other or your mama or your daddy that it sucks right 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 but you're not going to necessarily put that out there in the public because right that's affecting your income and it's i think one of the things that people struggle with at least i know i did is that this shit is not cheap if let's talk in real numbers, just because I think for people who might be beginners, um, I don't want to give the impression that this shit is cheap or anything to be taken lightly because walking away from it for me, walking away from my coach for me, I, I have not done the multiplication and I'm not going to do the fucking multiplication Mm -hmm, right now. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But every time I saw him in person, I spent, I think $70 Every month for my programming, I was paying him $225. I pay $180 every three months for my gym membership, plus another 30 something dollars a month for my, my Globo gym membership. Mm-hmm. Plus all the shoes and wrist wraps and knee sleeves and freaking belts and whatever else. Right. This shit is not cheap. So no. for me to be six months into training with someone and say, fuck it. <laughs> Right. There's a fair chunk of that investment that I don't want to say it was wasted because I'm stronger now, at least on some of my lifts than I was before, Mm -hmm. but was wasted in the sense that the original goal is not happening right now. Right. And so for me, it was a struggle to walk away because I was, I kept saying to myself, well, I just spent this much money. I spent so much money on this. I spent so much money on this. Holy crap. Holy crap holy crap that's money that could have gone to i mean literally it was enough money that in round numbers i could have put a significant down payment on a car right (laughs) you know or that could have been part of me saving to buy a house or whatever the case may be so i get why people struggle because if you're especially if you're and i'm pretty financially smart and pretty financially solvent it's not like i'm over here poor but Mm -hmm. I think when you don't necessarily have money to burn, you mm-hmm. go through this process where you say, well, is it better for me to walk away and have wasted this money, but I got the experience or do I suck it up and just hit whatever my goal is in my case, doing a powerlifting meet, 
should I just sign up for the one and I guess at the time the closest one was one that's in I think like next month Mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. I just sign up for that even though I feel completely overwhelmed, completely freaked out, and completely not able to do this? Cry every day for the next three months. But at right. least I'm, I, I didn't completely waste all that money for the last six months. And I think that's one of the things people really struggle with. I know a lot of my friends, when they're in prep, it's, it's well, I've been spending all this time being miserable and uncomfortable. I've spent all this money on my coach. Am I wasting my money if I walk away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I had to say to myself, you know what? Fuck your money. Right. <laughs> it's it's it sucks. Yeah. It's a, I'm not even gonna sit here and and not say and say that I don't have moments where I'm like, oh my fucking god. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I spent the equivalent of almost my total utility bills in my apartment every month right for what six seven months and i have nothing to show for it except my bench is bigger right right (laughs) i still haven't done a powerlifting meet yeah yeah and i'm still feeling really unconfident about or you know i'm still feeling confusing and lacking in confidence about a lot of the things that i'm supposed to be good at now that i'm a quote-unquote powerlifter so i get why people hesitate to walk away because right You've invested. Even if you're not investing money, you're investing time. You're investing j- somewhere along the way. You're taking away from something, whether it's relationships, whether it's hell. It could be just sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you've given up sleep, and I had to say to myself, "Look, money is not going to fix your misery." You're, you know, you're throwing money at this problem. You're already miserable. Continuing to pay to be miserable is not going to make it any better. Right. You're just going to be looking at your bank account really pissed off that you just wrote another check. Yeah. For something that's making you really, really, really upset every, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> and I kind of vaguely, um, and I know people know who my coach is. And I, let me just preface this by saying this because I don't want my coach is pretty well known in powerlifting and I, my original coach and I don't want people thinking I'm saying he's a bad coach cause he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sitting here defending that because I, I know how people are and I know people yeah. like to extrapolate from what people mm-hmm. say. My coach is mm-hmm. not a bad coach. He's not a good, he's not, he's not a bad guy. He's a great coach. He, there's a ton of girls on Instagram and guys for that matter who are killing, killing it with his coaching and his sport. It just wasn't the right time for me. Right. Um, but one of the things I realized is that in all of this kind of crazy with me powerlifting, like I was so pent up all the time. I was so mm-hmm. tense and so stressed out. And I was actually had gotten to the point and I said this to him. So this is not even if you are listening and you feel like you want to go tattletale and tell him this. He's heard me say he it directly already knows, to him. Right. He already knows. I was I felt like a better lifter before I hired my coach except mm-hmm. for bench right. <laughs> he worked magic on my bench mm-hmm. but I felt like I was a better squatter and deadlifter before I hired a coach and started nitpicking at my lifts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than I was after six months of paying someone to nitpick at me right. <laughs> I right. had lost and the strangest thing happened and I know I was texting you from the gym floor while it was happening the day what I think what was it a week after 
I departed ways with my coach, I decided to test my maxes because I really didn't have anything else to do. And what else does a power lifter do right. <laughs> when they don't have anything to do? Let's find out how strong I am. Right, 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 right. I had not been able to deadlift over, like, consistently over 220 pounds in six months. Mm-hmm. We had jumped from to. 40 down to 205 it it gotten so bad we were like well maybe we'll try sumo (laughs) you know we were throwing all kinds of things at my deadlift and all kinds of things it was just ridiculous and the week after i decided i wasn't doing this anymore and i walked away from my coach i went into the gym and there were a bunch of random people there at my um lifting gym worth the real gym the real lifting Mm -hmm, gym mm -hmm. and i decided i was gonna do deadlifts and i had even that morning hesitated really hard because I didn't feel confident I had felt so shitty about my deadlifts which used to be my favorite lift and I was just like oh I don't want to do this I don't want to do this but I I pulled my shit together and I went to the gym and I went and I warmed up and I was like this feels oddly light and we got to 220 which is usually where the fuckery would start and I gripped I ripped I picked up the two the 220 something and I was like whoa wait a minute that felt really light that felt like 135 what's going on right I checked the plates and it was still it was I had it right I walked away and I reloaded the bar 240. 240 flew. I didn't even have my belt on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had my 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 deadlift had gotten so bad that he was I was belting at like 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, hmm, interesting. Threw 250 on there. That flew, and I'm like, what's? I could not pull what's 250 happening? to save my life. Two weeks prior, I couldn't even pull 220. I failed 220 and was crying on the gym floor two weeks prior 265 flu 275 flu and i'm like and i'm pretty sure if i had not been so tired 280 could have come off the floor i hadn't touched 275 since november i hadn't pulled 245 comfortably since march or eight or maybe even before that i took that as a giant sign that it was time i had to do something (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. that's when you know you've made a good decision I had I was so pent up that I ruined my own lifts. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, it wasn't my coach, it was the fact that I was being coached and I was pent up and stressed out and tired all the time and almost I know it's, you know, cool to put a post all your lifts on Instagram if you're if if you're a power lifter, but I was videoing my lifts so much because I had a coach who was reviewing the video that he was nitpicking, I was nitpicking, and I would go to set up and nothing felt normal mm-hmm. because I was obsessing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was burnt out on being critiqued. I was burnt out on lifting. I was burnt out on coaching. Yeah. And so there is something to be said for knowing when your brain needs a break because yep. I don't think my body needed a break. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think my brain did. I think my brain was tired. I think my brain was overwhelmed. Um, I think... It's very hard, and this is a note, especially for the newbies who are listening. It's very hard, I think, for some of us to take in feedback about our lifting mm-hmm. when it's when there's no hands-on feedback. When you're not with your coach and you're in face-to-face every day, and so you're getting these, you're sending off your videos, and you're getting back critiques. Mm-hmm. I think especially if you're a newer non-competitive lifter and i learned this one is this this for me i didn't see this coming that processing for me like that doesn't work 
Right. It makes me obsessive. I obsess over it and it stresses me out and it makes it worse because I'm making sense out of what someone else is telling me to do. Right. And when you're telling someone, you know, turn your foot out, your right foot out 45 degrees to the right. It's one thing when someone actually walks up to you and does that and then you do your lift and then they do it again and they and it kind of becomes natural as they keep adjusting. It's another thing for you to set up and kind of have to try to process all of that feedback by yourself in right. a gym setting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for me, my burnout wasn't necessarily a physical thing. I think my burnout came from almost a feedback overload. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually told my coach, I said, I think we need, I, I told him at one point, he kind of just gave me a no initially when I said it, but I almost said, let's just not deadlift anymore. Uh-huh. You know, let me deadlift yeah. on my terms. Just let me deadlift on my terms. And I, he wasn't the biggest fan of that plan, which I understand, you know. Um, but I think I was in this weird overload place where I'd gotten so much feedback in six months. Yeah. That it had made ev- me forget everything. Right. All the things that came natural. Um, and then there's this other thing that happens. And I don't know if this has been your experience. I feel like you might have a similar thing going on from the physical side because whether you like it or not you do lean really well <laughs> like brianna well, doesn't you, like Bri, you don't like to admit that you do but you do you make getting you make you make getting lean look easy like well, you're not you you're like it you is not but that. i appreciate yeah, that <laughs> but you make it look easy like when you decide to diet your weight your body changes drastically very quickly yeah like whereas me i could diet for the next it took me to look significantly different i started dieting in july i didn't look significantly differently until november Mm -hmm, (laughs) you mm -hmm. know so when you have that natural ability whatever it is like with me my i don't know where my ability to bench came from people keep asking me that i don't know (laughs) and when you have these things that you happen to be good at for no reason or you happen to be better than the average woman in the gym because I don't think I'm necessarily a great bencher but right. I'm better than your average girl who just picked up a barbell and decided right. to bench press mm-hmm. when people start feeding you that it becomes pressure Yeah, it becomes just another freaking thing that you're hearing in your head and that feeds into it, whether it's conscious or not because I know you're a big proponent of I don't give a fuck <laughs> Right. but the thing right. is is even if you don't consciously give a fuck about it, it's back there. Yeah, yeah. And I think for a lot of us, we burn ourselves out because we put this pressure on ourselves that, oh, well, I look really good now and I'm going to look really great on stage or, you know, I have to do this powerlifting meet because everybody's been watching me do this and, yeah, you know, oh, you're, you have so much potential or whether it's physical or whether it's an athletic thing. I've seen people do that to even children where, oh my gosh, you have so much potential. You're such a natural. Well, when people tell you that, you don't want to walk away from it in public. Right. Right. I'm sure both you and I would have had a a much easier time walking away from both of our individual endeavors Mm -hmm. if this was 1990 and nobody knew what we were were doing. Right. And it's funny that that you mentioned that, but, um, you know, I think one of the one of the reasons that typically you know unless you happen to be a fairly close friend of mine or like sort of 
fairly, you know, sort of into my inner circle, you probably wouldn't even know what I was doing. Like, I'm just not one of those, let me document every single moment of a prep. Like the last time, um, you know, I competed, it was pretty much like, la, 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 la. And then the next thing you saw was a stage pick. And people were like, what the hell? You know, because I just don't, for a, I, I mean, for a variety of reasons, but I think that's probably one of them too, is that I just don't, I don't want that pressure. You know, I don't want that pressure of, you know, well, what's happening now? How's it going? How many more weeks? Like, I just, I hate that. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. It's really hard when you do kind of put yourself out there. I mean, for, you know, for the most part, I haven't made any big sort of, you know, I haven't had any big sort of Instagram press conference that, you know, I decided <laughs> I wasn't going to I wasn't going to compete anymore. Like, you know what Can I mean? Can you like please that's... have an Instagram press conference? It would make my life complete. Can you please do that on Instagram live as soon as we're done recording? We, listen, there are so many people who actually do do that for nonsensical ash shit like you know it's not gonna happen but again my you know my close friends know and and you know but I don't think I've actually really said anything on my personal Instagram page you know like I am done I'm just kind of like well I two weeks ago I had abs and now I don't and I'm eating a donut and you know whatever so I definitely get that but one of the things that I wanted a point that I wanted to bring up that I think is particularly pertinent here is that I think one of the other reasons that it's so hard for us to admit sort of you know okay this is too much or I need to I need to you know change directions or whatever you know as a black woman um I, and this is interesting. This is an interesting conversation that I had with someone else. Like when I, so when I did my last prep, um, I, you know, really started having some issues with my coach. And again, he was amazing. He still is amazing. Um, this was, you know, not the current person that I'm working with, but um, I started to feel like I wasn't getting the support that I needed when I was struggling and it was more of this you know okay well my weight hasn't changed again this week it was more of this peppering of questions like what have you been doing this have you been doing that well did you do that and I you know and maybe it was me you know maybe I was just unnecessarily defensive but I kind of felt like yo like instead of peppering me with questions how about okay well here's where you are let's see what we need to do differently right and so I ended up writing him this really long email about how I was feeling and about how I was you know kind of feeling like at this point you know I'm I'm feeling like if the one person that should believe in you doesn't believe in you then when you don't necessarily believe in yourself like it 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 makes the process that much more difficult Yes. And one of the things that he said to me that I think was particularly telling and particularly like it just really sort of struck a, a chord with me because I, I found this throughout life is that, you know, it was almost like, well, you're so strong and you're so sort of independent. I just give you your plan and you execute. I never really felt like you needed extra hand holding or, you know, spoon feeding or anything like that. Right. Um. And I guess some people might might consider that to be a compliment, but I I think it really rings true in a lot of different arenas, not only just, you know, competing or sports, you know, so many people feed into that quote unquote strong black woman persona that it's almost like we're not allowed to be vulnerable. 
we're not allowed to be weak. We're not allowed to just give up mm-hmm. on some shit, right? Yep. And 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 I think some of that is, you know, sort of coming from within our own families because, you know, again, I think we mentioned this on another episode, you know, growing up, it was more of that don't you ever let them see you cry. You be mm-hmm. strong. You know, you suck it up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it's almost like we are conditioned to be these like machines that keep going because we don't have a choice a lot of times to, right. to we don't get to curl up and die when nope. something, you know, when our nails don't dry on time or, you know, <laughs> they cancel Dawson's Creek. Like we don't get to do that because we got, we got kids to feed. Not Dawson's got, Creek though. Listen, I know. Did I just age myself? Ah. <laughs> we don't, you know, we, we got kids to feed. We got mortgages to pay. We got jobs to go to. So we don't necessarily get to, you know, curl up and, and, and curl up into a ball or, you know, cry at work because things don't go our way. We don't ever really get the opportunity to do that. And I think that feeds, you know, that spills over into kind of how we approach competitive sports right um we're we're you know we're strong we're machines we go we do we execute that's how we do so when we are feeling those moments where we're feeling like maybe this isn't the the direction i want to go in maybe this isn't for me right now it makes it that much harder to admit that not only Mm -hmm. to ourselves but also to sort of that larger sort of you know society that's watching us right because we're admitting weakness you know, and that we is just, very true. We don't get the we don't get the opportunity to do it. And I think it causes us to internalize so much stuff, you know, um, and it and I think, again, that was one of those reasons, too, where it was a little, you know, initially it was a little hard for me to say, you know what, this isn't getting better. This isn't good for me health wise. Um, this is more than just ooh, prep is hard. This is something more serious. And you need to really reevaluate whether or not you want to and should be doing this. Yep. I, I think for me, it's funny that you're talking about coaches and conversations you have with coaches. I think I remember talking with my former or whatever, I, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the person I was working with up until very recently. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he's very quick to say about me is that I work my ass off. I am mm-hmm. a workhorse. I am. And I will tell any coach I work with on the front end, I am a workhorse. Mm-hmm. I am psycho when it comes to this stuff. I right. have. And the thing is, my life supports it. I don't have kids. I don't have a spouse. There is no one waiting for me at home who's going to be like, uh, what have you been doing for the last seven and a half hours? If I want to go into the gym on a Saturday and spend three and a half hours in the gym, right? guess what? I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not always helpful. Right. Um, and because, because I think I am such a workhorse, it takes people a really long time to take me seriously when I start to say I'm falling apart. Because right. I can't, I don't fall apart. I fall apart emotionally, but I'm still working. Like right. there are entire videos that I sent to my coach where I'm crying and deadlifting at the same time. Right. I'm sobbing in the middle of LA Fitness or at my old or at the new gym, and I'm deadlifting at the same time. You can see me squatting in front of the bar, tears streaming down my face because I don't understand why I went from a 300 pound deadlift to a 220 pound deadlift over the course of six months. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, but I'm still lifting. Right. I have entire videos where I'm lifting, benching with a hood on because I had just finished 
failing at deadlifts, but I was going to, I'll be damned if I'm going home. So I'm right. going to go finish my bench. And I'm sitting there benching with a hood up on and crying my way through my bench presses. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because what actually led me, I think, to finally really say I need to do something different was um, the guy who I'm kind of playing around with all this weird stuff, this weird athletic stuff. Um, I don't remember how exactly it played out this way. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I was the last one in the gym on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And this is at my at my lifting gym. And he was there. And I, sometimes on Saturdays when he's there, he he's into Olympic weightlifting. And he was just kind of, I guess, going to stick around and lift for a while after everybody closed up shop and after everybody else left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had been deadlifting, and he just kind of came over and he was like, "Hey, is everything okay? You right. look not okay." Like it was right. sort of he didn't say that outright, uh, but that's what he was getting at was you just kind of don't seem okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we started talking, and he was asking me about what my goals were and all these things. And as I was talking to him, I was like on the edge of tears. Like I distinctly remember talking to him and being like, "Let me, please do not let me cry in front of this twenty-seven-year-old white man who I don't right. know from a can of paint, really, right. because <laughs> he's gonna think I'm." crazy for what but you know how there are those people that are so nice to you that you kind of want to punch them in the face for being so nice because it makes you want to cry it was one of those where I was like I really want to hit this man just so I can stop feeling like I'm going to cry and I can Mm -hmm. maybe get out Mm -hmm. of this building and I was like but then I won't be able to come back and I like it here (laughs) but it was that conversation sitting there realizing that not only could other people see that I was miserable like my body language was reading as miserable but I didn't even look like I was enjoying it. Right. You know, he kind of right. said, you know, I, I, you, you, you just don't seem okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a major wake up call for me because I'm usually pretty good at at least pretending to be okay. Right. I mean, I have, we all day, are. you know, you, you have we your work eat. day where you literally are sitting at your desk praying for the praying to the gods of vodka and and yeah. sleep and you still go to your meeting and you seem like you're perfectly fine. Right. You know, you have that moment where you want to choke the shit out of your kid, mm-hmm. but you still have to go to work. So you might want to choke the shit out of your kid, but you're going to smile and do your job. Right. And, you know, and the fact that someone who doesn't know me could tell and not that I think that people who are young are, you know, complete clueless idiots, but he's he was quite literally I discovered today that he's young enough that he didn't even exist when I was in middle school mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. he wasn't he was an egg when I was oh, in middle school yes. mid- <laughs> when I was in middle school and for someone that young to pick up on how miserable I was mm-hmm. and he didn't really know me kind of that that's sh- that kind of stuck with me and said you right. know if you're so miserable but this man that doesn't that's only maybe seen you four times in total knows that there's something not right Mm-hmm. You need to sit down mm-hmm. and think about what you're doing and why you're right. doing it and how you're doing it. Because it's, it's, you're right there. When you are black women, we tend to lean toward that workhorse mentality. Mm-hmm. We don't give mm-hmm. up. We don't relax. Right. We're everybody's superwoman. We save everybody and everything. And I know for those of us, and you and I talk about this a lot, I'm single, so there's literally no fucking hero in my house. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there is no, uh, I'm too tired to deal with this. I'm falling apart emotionally. Work made me horrible. Made right. was horrible today. I can't deal and I don't want to make dinner. Guess what? Right. Gr- thank God for credit cards because if you and delivery eat. people. Because <laughs> if I want to eat, either I'm cooking or a delivery person is showing up. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, to not have that whole shoulder to cry on and fall apart on if you need it, it doesn't give you a choice but to be a workhorse. (laughs) And so we spin ourselves into these situations and I don't know, it's, it's kind of scary to think how easy it would be to have continued on. Right. And ignored that because that's how we function in day to day life. I, 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 you know, you, you get used to being miserable. Eventually you do, you teach yourself Mm -hmm, to get mm -hmm. used to being miserable and you power through you come out on the other side and you might say I'll never do this again right right but we'll power through it and I know tons of women who aren't black women who would have walked away at month three from the situation I was in you know who would have said at month three okay this isn't working I'm unhappy and would have just said "Eh, fuck it I'm done yep yep no harm no foul Meanwhile, I'm here six months in, and even at six months, I still felt guilty mm-hmm. walking away. Right. right. It, it's just, I, I, I think that's something that for a lot of us, I see us doing, where um, I saw one of our girls that we follow and who follows us on our page, um, she's been struggling. And I, I remember reading her post about deciding to withdraw from the meet she was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of hear that she had been struggling and struggling and struggling and pushing and shoving and fighting. But why? Right. <laughs> you know, I think I commented to her, I was like, you know what, just do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. Because why put yourself through the misery? I, uh, powerlifting is great and it's fun and lifting heavy weights is great and fun. Mm-hmm. But if it's breaking you down more than it's building you up, there's just no point and it's the same thing with doing prep you know prep is designed to break your body fat down and we all know common sense when you're that lean you're not healthy anyway (laughs) right exactly we won't even talk about my hair was falling out and I didn't want to have sex so that was really the point I was like oh no 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 that's a bad sign we not doing this but anyway I digress (laughs) but but no it's things like that where you have to kind of really be grounded in yourself well enough to know when to walk away because a lot of us if we rely solely on external signals you can ignore them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can ignore them you can say oh well (laughs) and we all do it I I find myself doing it sometimes I'm sure you have at some point or another and I see it all the time when girls decide not to do a powerlifting meet or they walk away from crossfit or they walk mm-hmm. away from something mm-hmm. because it's just not for them and it could be a job a it job could be, you know a relationship girl yes. let's not even go there we oh the relationships that's a hot mess girl <laughs> because we all every single woman i know has at least one mm-hmm. where they stayed in far too long way too long just because right they felt right. vaguely guilty. <laughs> right. Or they put in X amount of time or, you know, whatever. But I think as we get older, at least I like to think this, uh, mm-hmm. now that I'm at my wise old age of older than 35, I am 37. <laughs> I'm closer to 40 than 30. Right. I like this side of 35. I'm not so stupid anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think that as we get older, we start to realize that there are these things, you know, it's not worth it to have a job that makes you want to drink all the time. 
Right. It's not worth it to be in a relationship where you wake up every morning and you look at the person you're sleeping with and you're like, I hate you. Right. <laughs> Even if you are in a situation where it's craptastic and you don't know where you're going to live immediately, you learn to plan and kind of extract yourself from those situations. And thankfully, I feel like as I get older, going back to finding that kind of middle point where I'm mm-hmm. sane and healthy and normal is easier right at 25 this process i've been through with the coaching and all of that i'd still be i'd probably still either a be with my coach or if i had walked away i'd still be sitting on the gym floor right trying to figure out like you know what am i what am i gonna do now i'm not a power lifter anyway (laughs) and i think that's one of the i think that's really you brought up a good point i think that's really one of the true gifts of maturity and i think that's really one of the true gifts of you know just having life experience and and learning to trust your instinct more because you do you get to the point where you just like you know what we i ain't got to do this for another six months to recognize that this is not for me and i'm going to walk away and that is okay like you know, just like what you were saying, I don't know that I would have been able to make the same decision, you know, uh, 10 years ago, you know, if I was sort of in the, in the same space, I don't know that I would have been able to walk away so easily because it would have been more about like, well, what are people going to think? And what did you, right. am I, am I going to disappoint my husband? Am I going to disappoint my coach and blah, blah, blah. You know, and this time I was like, I don't give a damn about nobody, but me, how this is making me feel and how unhappy I am. You know, and and I think, you know, again, kind of having that sort of, um, you know, ability to be self-aware and to recognize right away, danger, Will Robinson. Like this is not. Who another cultural? I love that one. That was a good Um, one. We're old together because I know where that came from. (laughs) Trivia, but yeah, I I think having that ability to recognize that much more quickly and walk away from it and be okay with it you know it's just one of those gifts that come with you know having more life experience right um and again whether that be in a relationship whether that be a job whether that be you know a toxic you know cutting off a toxic family member even or you know obviously what we're talking about here in terms of you know sort of your fitness and athletic pursuits it's really important to get to know yourself very well and to know those signs of when you are feeling not at your best right or and and knowing the difference between i'm just having a bad day and something's not right you know and i think you know really paying close attention to your moods you know as you and this is one of the things like you know i started doing you know when i started tracking my workouts not only you know what i track sort of you know weights and, and and you know whatever i also started kind of just tracking how i felt you know you know just a short note oh felt like shit today you know whatever oh you know had a really strong day was really excited to lift blah 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 and that really allowed me to get to know myself a lot better and know when and see when those patterns would start to establish themselves right you know huh this has been about three weeks when you're like fuck everything maybe (laughs) maybe you need to evaluate what's going on right now with your training maybe you need to evaluate how you're feeling about life in general um you know so and i and i mean i think you know 
for everyone those signs are going to be different but I thought it might be you know like we talked a little bit at the beginning just kind of helpful to say you know hey here here are maybe some some telltale signs that maybe this isn't just a, I'm having a bad day like I said I know for me you know being sore all the time when that's not normally the case from training right um really really dreading going to the gym and then you know finally you know forcing myself to go to the gym and just kind of slogging through the workout like a zombie um you know not really eating in a way to support my goals um you know not being able to sleep even you know wanting to sleep but just not you know having very restless or you know just sort of fitful sleeping throughout the night you know my husband's always kind of like would be like yo you know you were are you okay were you having a nightmare because you were just tossing and turning all night you know stuff like that um you know for me just being a lot more um i won't say emotional but just like having a little bit less tolerance to cope with changes um you know stuff that normally i wouldn't be too you know vexed about it's just like oh lord we had a chicken what am i do you know that kind of stuff just really over i don't want to say overreacting but just not being able to manage Manage nice little challenges. Having having known you in person now, that mental picture I just got is awesome. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, but little stuff like that. Just ir- oh god, irritability. You know, when I, I know when I need a break, when when my, you know, sort of patience it, and I have don't have a lot of patience anyway, but like when I find myself being very impatient with my son or with my husband, I'm like, you know what? It might be time to kind of take a step back you know so stuff like that you know really you know looking for me looking at those things is usually about the time when I go to my training log and be like okay it's been about seven weeks I need a deload or I need to take a week off um you know so I don't know if you you know have any sort of telltale signs that are specific to you or you know things that you look out for Okay, so I want to start with the emotional ones and the, and the mental ones. Mm-hmm. I already deal with anxiety and depression to a certain extent or not, mm-hmm, one, you know, mm-hmm. one extent or another. But I know that when I am not okay, my anxiety is sky high. Yeah. Perpetually. I'm paranoid and freaked out about everything. Everything mm-hmm. pushes my buttons and I can't cope with any of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like an unreasonable level of anxiety. So something that would be, okay, I failed a deadlift. Okay, shit happens. That would be my mm-hmm. normal reaction to it. When I'm slightly burned out, it's, God damn it, why the... And, and I'm cussing mm-hmm. and I'm angry. Right. When I am at my worst and I need either an A, deload or a complete break from all things lifting, I'm crying on the floor, crumpled next to the bar, and cannot get over it. I'm convinced that I'm failing at life. My coach hates me, and he is thoroughly disappointed in me and is embarrassed to have me as a lifter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I get to that point about right. with my anxiety, that is usually a telltale sign that I am a, I'm well on the way to burnout. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, when I cry over everything all the time... I'm burnt out like that that's complete and total burnout I am I'm emotional to this in the sense that TV commercials make me cry kind Mm -hmm, of person mm -hmm. but I am not an uh, (laughs) that's not how I deal with things it's just not Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I get mad not sad so when my reaction to things is to burst into tears and have a full-on meltdown 
I'm burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm and see, unlike you, I'm the opposite of you. I sleep. That's how I cope. When I start sleeping through things mm-hmm. to cope when I'm, you know, go to the gym, take a nap. Wake up, do my work, I work from home, take a nap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I'm napping constantly, I'm burnt out. Right. When I and I'm trying to avoid dealing with whatever it is, I will I will sleep to avoid anything, including normal everyday shit like going to the grocery store because mm-hmm. napping is more fun than the grocery store. Right. Um, I'm also very irritable uh, when I find myself yelling at my dogs because mm-hmm. there's no one else here but me and them. Right. Um, when I find my, like things that they do all the time, like. I stand up to walk out of the room and they follow me and they follow me so closely that if I stop suddenly, they slam into the backs of my knees. Usually I think it's freaking hilarious right? that both of them will skid to a stop and then bump into the back of my leg. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not okay anymore, I'm screaming at the dogs and then I feel like a horrible person and then I cry because I'm a horrible dog parent and I don't know why anybody let me a dog let me adopt a dog right. in the first place and I'm on exactly. the floor and I'm hugging them and I'm crying on, into their fur. <laughs> It's mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. circle. It's a circle of foolishness and fuckery. Let's be real here. Yes. Um, yes. From a physical standpoint, usually the big one, like I said, is I sleep a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I get physically weak when I'm burnt out. Um, I, I lose the ability to grind through shitty lifts. My running is slower. For those who know that I run, sometimes. Um, I alternate between not being hungry at all and being freaking starving. Mm -hmm. So I basically sort of developed this weird eating pattern where even if I am tracking my macros, I go from eating, you know, normally somewhere between three and six meals a day. I kind of do what I want as far as that's concerned. We'll have a whole other show on what the fuck we do about our food on some other day. Uh, But I'll go from doing that to where I might eat breakfast and then you won't see me eat again until dinner or the exact opposite. I'm eating everything all day. Even if it is within my macros, I can't just eat a freaking meal. I'm like, oh, I'll eat a Jolly Rancher. Now I'll have a potato chip. Now I'll have a protein chip. Now (laughs) there's that. And then I think my other big telltale sign overall, with training at least, I just don't want to. I -hmm. wake up and it's just, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm done. I or I can't find anything fun to do because for me, usually when I'm burnt out on my programming, I can still go and find something I want to do. Mm-hmm. When I get to the point where I get there and I don't want to get on the treadmill, I don't want to get on the bike, I don't want to lift anything, I don't want to bench. When I don't want to bench, there's something wrong. Right, because that is your joint. <laughs> I will bench all damn day if you let me. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I started feeling like, like I was looking at bench and I was like, I oh, just fuck the stupid bench. I don't want to bench. Right. <laughs> that was, that's a bad sign for me because I usually right. default setting is, ooh, let's go bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah, if I don't want to train, something's wrong. Right. And especially right. if I'm getting to the point where I'm sitting in the car outside the gym, looking at the gym. And having a silent conversation with the gym about how much I don't want to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been there. Been there. I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there. Or I'm texting you how I don't want to go in there. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think those are my big ones. It's They're very similar. They're, I think most of us, it's pretty consistent. Usually it affects your sleep. I yeah. sleep all the time. You sleep less. <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The food, you just eat weird. I think most of us, it manifests as you do something weird with your diet 
Right. Most of the right. time in a way that you eat in a way that's not helpful. You may not be overeating right. or undereating, but it's not particularly helpful for whatever you're trying to do. Right. And I, I will say in the interest of full disclosure, because I, you know, we, we try to keep it 100 at the chocolate bar. Um, when I'm feeling burnt out, I tend to have a little bit more wine than I normally would. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be much more self-aware about that and, you know, sort of, you know, kind of redirect my energies into something else that does not involve, um, drunken grapes. So that's also (laughs) another sign that I'm like, Hmm, okay, this is like my fourth glass. So what's really going on? So that's something else for me too. I just tend to, I think rely on that a little bit more than I normally should so you know hey man I'm you know listen I'm not perfect I I, like I like I said I'm I'm 100% transparent so yeah I I tend to drink a little more than I do normally so I also know that's kind of a red flag for me like "Mm, what's going on here um so you know I'll add that one to my list too not and I'm not a a drinker period I right there there are lots of reasons for that most of them involve the fact that I come from a family where that is a super slippery slope for me. Yeah, yeah. And I already screwed that up once in college really, really good. Shout out to the people who knew me in college when I used to carry an absolute bottle like it was a freaking water bottle. Um, so I'm careful about that. And right. when I start thinking, ooh, I want a glass of wine after work every or day. Si- or six. Or, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When, it's, right. When, when, when I start wanting one every day, that's a bad mm-hmm. sign. When I start mm-hmm. being able to get through a whole bottle oh yes on a regular basis i've completely fallen off the face of the earth it's not okay anymore and someone should probably come get me (laughs) you know and that's not to say i'm judging or we're judging anyone you know it's just but like we were saying sort of personally for 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 me and and like it sounds like for you that's kind of that indicator for you that things are a little bit out of balance right and i'm out of whack and i need to pull myself together i think one of the biggest things that we aren't talking about and it's funny that we're we keep referring to it but we're dancing around it is that you have to find a way to listen to yourself Mm -hmm. because i think the two of us talked to each other through our we it was really weird because i don't know how we ended up burnt out at the same time i know right (laughs) but it was quite possibly the best thing that could have happened to both of us because yes we were bitching at each other about the same thing yep yep and it forced us because I knew I sounded like you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you knew you sounded like me. Right. And for me, knowing that I was literally reading messages and there were days where I would scroll up through our messages and I was like, damn, which one of us is saying this? I know. It was literally like one voice. And I was like, wait a minute. I told Brianna she, she, she should get out of this. Well, right. damn it, bitch, take your own advice. Take your own <laughs> advice. So, I mean, really, if you have someone that you can confide in or that's going through the crazy with you, mm-hmm. listen to what they're saying, too. And if they're in this, especially if they're in a similar place and listen to what you're telling them and be honest with yourself about it, because I know I should have known I was burned out by the things I was telling you. Right. Right. Because I was texting you all the time. I don't want to be at the gym today. Right. I don't want to be at the I don't want to bench. I mean, we were like freaking frack. Like just <laughs> the blonde leading the blonde, you know. And and both of us should have been like, girl, 
if you don't sit yourself down somewhere, take a break, if you don't stop in this prep foolishness and going about your business, you know, but I think it's the same thing. You know, we, again, you know, as, as women, and again, particularly as black women, you know, we, we, we find it hard to give ourselves permission to, to, you know, take a break, slack off, whatever you want to call it. And, and, you know, we kind of see ourselves and I think our friends a lot of the times, our sisters. So it's like, well, I'm not going to let you, you know, I'm not going to, I want you to win. I'm not going to let you do this, that. And instead of being like, you know what, sis, it sounds to me like perhaps, you know, you are sounding like this is really not working for you. So maybe you need to take a little time to kind of think about, you know, whether this is working for you, you know, and maybe we're afraid, you know, that, you know, they'll be upset or whatever. But I think we, you know, we owe it to ourselves and to each other to, like you said, really be honest about that, really be honest about where you are in the process. Like, you know, I, you've been saying this for a few weeks and, you know, I'm, I'm noticing a pattern here and, and, you know, maybe this is something to look at, you know, so I think, again, you know, like you said, not only taking our own advice, but also, you know, being real with, you know, our our sisters to be like, you don't sound happy. And if you're not happy, why are you doing this? You know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely important, too. And then I think, you know, because we sort of started out this talking about burnout and balance. <laughs> yes, there's <laughs> you know, that other side. Yeah, right. You know, trying to figure out the balance part and I think again this is such a timely topic because for me this is just sort of an ever evolving process finding that and it's like that after every prep it really like mentally physically emotionally it really takes some time to kind of reset yourself a little bit you know and find that balance anytime that you swing so far on one end of the continuum you're gonna swing all the way back you know and and you know kind of getting that that middle point is is really important and i think you know some of the some of the things that i've been trying to do and again you know i was only halfway through my prep so you know it it, it hasn't been as dramatic as it probably could have been if i had sort of continued on but you know some of the things that i've just really been trying to do is just really be easy on myself you know and there are some mornings i get up and i'm like you know prime example um you know, yesterday, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna just not train, like, I'm gonna go do CrossFit, right? It wasn't, quote, unquote, on my program. But that's just kind of what I felt like doing. And it was great. Like, I'm, again, I'm dying today. But it was, you know, it was just fantastic for me mentally to be back in that environment. So I'm really trying to listen to my cues, you know, and, and, and it allow myself to know that it's okay to veer off track a little bit. You know, if I know, you know, again, I'm, I'm slowly sort of increasing my calories and, and decreasing cardio and all of that good stuff. Um, but today I just didn't feel like eating a whole lot, you know, for a variety of reasons. I just didn't feel good physically. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and force myself to eat, you know, all the carbs and all of this and all that because it's on my plan. I'm going to go by how I, my body feels and what it's telling me to do. And, you know, I think that it's really important, you know, when you are trying to come back from that burnout to really listen to your body signals, because a lot of times our bodies will tell us intuitively what it needs. Right. And I think in, in our brains, too. Um, so, you know, those are a few things that I've been trying to do. If if I need to go to bed at seven o'clock because I'm exhausted, I go to bed. Right. Um, 
you know, I've been trying to write a little bit more. Um, that tends to be very helpful for me in terms of journaling and sort of getting out those thoughts. So, you know, sometimes I just kind of write out whatever I'm feeling that day or, you know, just just trying to really find those things that bring me joy. You know, um, if I, you know, have a prescribed workout in the gym, but I don't feel like doing that, I do something else. Or I might use baby weights because I'm just tired and I'm, my body's sore. And I know I could lift this, but I don't feel like doing that. So we don't. <laughs> so, so I don't. And that's okay. You know, so those kinds of things I think are helping me, um, achieve you know more balance and and again kind of getting that sort of that shift sort of back in the middle from the extreme left or the extreme right um you know i've been craving you know a lot of fruit and it's like oh my god fruit sugar it's so bad for you whatever (laughs) i want some fucking strawberries so i'm gonna eat some strawberries you know what i mean so i'm just i'm trying to really just give myself permission to be right now and that's in a in a lot of different areas in life but again i think you know particularly for us as black women that's really 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 hard to do so i'm just trying to give myself more permission to do that than i have in the past and and so far it seems to be working but i don't know next week it might be something different and that's okay too you know it's not there's no you know you you have a plan but the plan isn't always what's going to be best for you at that any given point in time and I think you got to be open to that experience if you truly do want to kind of reset your your brain and your body and your spirit and all of those other things so you know it's funny because I sitting here talking about balance and thinking about it and I never felt for me this whole burnout process has been really different it's been Mm -hmm. a couple of different things um I don't have right now very many real life lifter friends so i think part of what was out of whack for me was that my my life my friends the people that i see day to day don't lift Mm -hmm. and therefore they don't understand what i feel you know so a lot of times they'd be, oh, let's do this. And let, and I, y'all, I was at the gym for two and a half hours on a Saturday. I just want to go to take a nap. I want to get mm-hmm. my nails done. And I want to take a nap. Right. And I was trying to explain to somebody the other day. I said, you know, I'm more than happy to go out with you guys, but I can't be quite as spontaneous as I used to be. Right. And for me, it, the this whole balance thing has been, A, going back to a way of training that is a little bit more all over the place. Mm-hmm. I have a plan now. I am following a legitimate plan now. And I wasn't as of two weeks ago. If you go to my Instagram, it's very clear that I was doing what the fuck I wanted all the time. But right right now I'm on something that is structured. It's just structured differently than what I've been doing. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm playing with all kinds of new things. And that's helped a lot for me because that's how I've always trained. I've trained to be able to do whatever I wanted to do in whatever context. Mm -hmm. But in my regular life, I've had to go back to doing a couple of things. A adjusting my life to match the people I know in real life mm-hmm. because my friends are not power lifters right. most of my friends are either a people who don't work out at all b runners or c people who do things like the bar classes and yoga and things of that nature mm-hmm. their workouts are what their workouts are they go they work out their workouts are done <laughs> they don't come home and spend 12 hours trying to recover from that except for my friends who are like triathletes and, and which is a whole mm-hmm. other thing Mm-hmm. But most of my friends are just normal worker outers, if you want to call them that. Right. And so right. 
finding balance with them is being able to go back out and reconnect with them. I spent a lot of this past weekend reconnecting with my best friend and being able to go do things like go sit down spontaneously on yesterday, (laughs) now that I Mm -hmm. think about it, and going and saying, hey, let's just go sit down and eat and have some Korean barbecue and be greedy. We used to do that all the time, but I've been training so much that we've lost a lot of that. Or being able to hang out with the ducks and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know just say okay i'm not so tired that i can't go across the hall and hang out with the ducks and right laugh at the foolishness that are the idea of ducks being in someone's bathtub (laughs) you know things of that nature and just kind of going back to trying to be a normal person and have some sort of a semblance of a normal day-to-day life because i Right, I, I can't define my entire life around powerlifting. It doesn't work. Right. I'm not a perfect. Like I said earlier, nationals. It's on the list of things that I'd like to happen one day. It's not happening this year. I can tell you that much. It's not mm-hmm. happening next year. I can tell you that much. Maybe three or four years from now. Maybe as a masters. I don't know. Um. So it doesn't make sense for me to be trying to schedule my life around powerlifting. Right. Three hour workouts all the time. No, I can't do that. And so for me, the balance has been return has been for me to be able to get to know the people around me again, have them around again, let them enjoy me, let me enjoy mm-hmm. them. Um, being able to go buy clothes, like I said, go get dressed like a normal person. Right. I did. Um, it's funny, and we'll talk about all of this kind of thing, uh, maybe seven or eight episodes from now. I don't know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to actually go on a date. I haven't done that in, what, Woo! four years or five mm-hmm. years? And that wasn't necessarily the most planned thing on Earth. But, you know, it's it, to go be able to hang out with somebody who doesn't really know me and right. not be the psycho power lifter. I mean... Yeah, that comes up because clearly I, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to not say anything about that, but right. to be able to like get dressed up and be cute and go have dinner and not be obsessing over my macros and right. how this is going to make me feel when I lift in the morning and oh my God, what am I doing? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of that has to be in balance because right. great, I, I, I get, I make it to nationals in three years, but yay, I don't have anybody who likes me. Yeah, you still got to live. And I still have no friends. (laughs) And I've been fired from my job because I can't pull my life together enough to do my work. No, I had to kind of balance back out. I think, like I said, I was spending too much time being a power lifter. Mm -hmm. That's really the the bottom line for me. I was spending way too much time being a power lifter and not enough time being a human being. So for me, balance means I can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And be mm-hmm. at least pretend to be normal and like everybody else, <laughs> right? Other than when you know the two hours a day that I'm in the gym at five o'clock in right. the morning. But yeah. once I leave, I'm done. You know, and it's it's so it's so interesting. Um, you know, I, I see this a lot. Um, you know, on the internet's and social media and everything about this whole idea that you know if you truly want to be great at something you're not you can't be balanced you can't live a balanced life blah 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 and I don't know I don't know that I necessarily agree with that um you know and and if you're striving for balance then you're not giving your you know 100% whatever and I mean for you know again different people have different philosophies but you know I, I know for me like that that's part of that process like I can't 
I'm not in a position to be completely unbalanced and trying to achieve a goal, you know, now, yeah, do I devote, you know, a lot of time to something if I'm working on it? Absolutely. You know, but again, the reality is, you know, bills have to be paid, you know, children have to be parented, you know, husbands have to be wifed or whatever, however you want to put it. <laughs> So I don't really have the ability to be like, let me just, you know, suspend everything for the next, you know, 12 to 18 weeks while I focus on this one thing. And so I don't really have a choice in the matter. And, you know, I think I've, I've, you know, been able to accomplish things that I've set out to accomplish while still maintaining that sort of balance. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, like I said, I guess for some folks that works, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory. And I think it's, you know, to me, it's almost like shaming people a little. I hate to use that word because it's used for everything, but it's almost like shaming people who just, you know, are not in a position or space to be like, this is all I'm focused on and fuck everything else. Right. Um, you know, so I hate to kind of see those memes and stuff on, on, you know, social media. Well, um, the question I always have is this. Okay. First of all, how many of these people who are throwing all of this, oh, well, if, you, if you're living a balanced life, you clearly aren't working hard enough. Right. How old are you? Hello. Are you, are you still 20-something? Right. <laughs> because, exactly. number one, at 25, I would have told you the same thing. Number one. Right. Number mm-hmm. two, is fitness your job? Because if it is, then that's completely different. Yeah, be unbalanced right. as fuck if you're making your money doing this. Exactly. But right now, I pay to power lift. I pay right. to work out. It's not paying my bills. So if I'm unbalanced, guess what? Eventually, I'm going to have to quit because I'm going to get fired. Right. <laughs> I have a job, and I and I and I it came up. This came up last week on our on our on our topic last week. If you are not doing this professionally, if whatever this is for you, CrossFit. Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, just mm-hmm. working out, freaking bar classes, whatever the case may be. You have every right to do it in a balanced way that makes it make it makes it work for your life because right. at the end of the day until it starts paying you, yeah, you're paying for it. You can't ruin your life over something you're paying to do. That doesn't even make sense. Right. And right. all these people who throw out that, well, you're living a balanced life. You clearly don't understand what it means to be dedicated. Yes, I do. Right. Because at least at the end of the day, if my leg decides that I, like, let's heaven, heaven forbid, I squat tomorrow. Well, not mm-hmm. tomorrow, Friday. And my leg just says, nope. It changes nothing except that I won't squat anymore. Right. I still have a job. Yep. I still have a life outside mm-hmm. of the gym. So there's something to be said for balance because if your whole identity, I was really unbalanced when I was a dancer. I spent between, Mm -hmm. in a normal week, I spent about 20 to 30, sometimes 40 hours a week in the dance studio on top of having a basically full-time job and being in grad school. Right. When I stopped dancing, do you know what that did to me? I had, I was like a free-flying drunk maniac because I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. my entire identity was wrapped up in, in the dance world. Right. And yeah. it's the same thing here. I'm not going to let powerlifting become my entire identity. Why? Because you don't have any control over the universe. Mm-hmm. If the universe decides you're not a powerlifter tomorrow, for some reason or another, 
you need to be able to transfer your life to something. You, I mean, yeah, she'll always be able to live to some degree or another. There are people who are disabled in one way or another who power lift and who do Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit. But you still need to find – if you're making your money as a power lifter and you can no longer compete as a power lifter, what do you do with yourself then? Right. Because you've yeah. been an unbalanced Looney Tune for, right, exactly. <laughs> for however many years. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting, you know. I, I was looking at some of the people that, um, you know, and I hate to use this too, because you know I, I don't really find sort of, I'm not really externally motivated. Like you know, there aren't. I'm like this. This person is my motivation. Like I, that's just not how my brain or, or I work. But you know, there were certainly people in you know different sports that I tended you know to sort of admire in terms of. Um, you know, not only, you know, the level of excellence they were able to accomplish in their particular discipline, but just sort of how they seemed, obviously, I don't, you know, some of them I knew personally, some of them I didn't, um, you know, whatever. And I, I tended to find the common thread between those people was that they placed, you know, whatever it was in this instance, I'll give the example of bodybuilding, they tended to place that and give it the proper sort of place in their lives that it deserved. And these are folks that made it to the Olympia stage that made it to the Arnold. But again, you know, they had full time jobs, they or they just, you know, they had outside interests that were sort of outside of the realm of bodybuilding. And they still tended to kind of, you know, manage those things and prep and do really well mm -hmm. and you know sort of place really well um and then when they got to the point where they were just like you know what i've done what i you know set out to do or you know this life has changed for me so i'm gonna walk away from this and they were able to do that successfully um you know as opposed to sort of you know it's almost like that fighter that keeps coming out of retirement you know and getting his ass kicked every single time because <laughs> he should really just stay retired but he has nothing else in his life going on so this is all that they know and this is how they define themselves so i tend to find at least for me like i said those are the type of people that to me I resonate with because they tended to really fare better I think sometimes in some folks where that was sort of the only thing that they had going on and those are you know if, if I did have to say that someone inspired me or someone I sort of modeled my you know sort of process over it was more that type of person than the you know I you know live breathe eat you know bodybuilding 24-7 yeah I mean um, there's think I, I it's hard to do that with powerlifting yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to do that with powerlifting because the sport leans toward the visible people in the sport lean toward people who other than for example jen thompson we see a lot about her private life um but a lot of the powerlifters that we see we don't get to see a lot about their power, li their, their right. power lives their private lives right but yeah the people who's who have real lives who aren't just power lifters those are the people that i tend to want to model my if you can make it to nationals or masters nationals or worlds as a regular person um that's who i want to model myself after mm -hmm. not the person mm -hmm. who spends 24 hours a day deadlifting right. <laughs> just because my life will never look like that why would i right. want to chase why would i aspire to be like you because that's not what my life looks like I admire you if that's what you 
chose to do and you've made it a thing for you amen Mm -hmm. hallelujah congratulations i'm not taking anything away from you right but it's very hard i think to see to try to if if you want to follow in someone's footsteps to try to model yourself after someone who has when you're a person who has an entire life of other things going on Mm -hmm. to try to model yourself after these women who don't right or these men and i think that's I think that speaks to, you know, what we've talked about on, you know, other um, previous episodes, too, about, you know, being very, um, I don't want to say skeptical, but just, you know, again, placing what you see on social media in its proper place and not believing everything that you see or you read, right? Um, Because people you know, curate, I hate that word too, curate their social media presence to show you what they want to show you. Um, And you, some, for some folks, you only really get to see the best parts of them. So you don't know necessarily what's going on behind the scenes. You know, you don't know what they have given up to be. Oh, so, you know, focused and, 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 you know, striving for excellence or whatever these things are they may have just completely alienated their family. They may have, you know, lost their marriage or relationship. They may have, you know, alienated their kids or lost their jobs or whatever because they are so wholly focused on this one goal, you know? So you have to just, again, you have to, you know, sort of do what's best for you. You can't look at somebody else's process and be like, oh, that's going to work for me because unless you're that person, it's not necessarily. And that's okay. It doesn't make it good, bad or otherwise. It's just different, you know? Um, And I think that was, you know, one thing that was really important for me to, to realize and to learn, just like every prep was different, you know, because your, your life circumstances change, you know, everybody is different. I can't look at my, you know, one friend who, you know, got a pro card and did all these other things and be like well she did this so I should be able to do that but it's like but you know she has a different kind of career than you do she has a different kind of sort of personal relationship status than you do you know she may or may not have kids so you got all again it goes back to the whole comparison thing you cannot compare yourself to anyone else right You, you have to focus on what's best for you and that's you know creating you know even in creating balance or, or even in, you know, looking to figure out whether or not you're burned out, everyone's, everyone's thing is going to look different than everyone else. Right. And I think that's kind of the moral of this, this whole story is to get intimately familiar with you and your cues and, and, you know, be self-aware about what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. And if it doesn't make you feel good, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I think that's the bottom line. Stop doing shit you hate. Amen. This is not supposed to be the worst shit of your life. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I've said my piece on that. Um, Yes. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add or... No, I think we covered everything. Um, yes, I think yeah. so. I think so. So yeah, you know, um, again, you know, thanks again for, you know, our listeners and all of your support. You know, it's it's been pretty cool to kind of watch this grow. Um, check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, you know, check out our blog um, on WordPress, Chocolate Bar Life, um, you know, 
and obviously our Instagram page where we are spending, you know, we spend most of our time just giving shine to amazing sisters doing amazing things in strength sports. Um, if you have any, you know, ideas about things you want to hear us talk about or, you know, folks that we don't know about that we should know about, hit us up, slide in our DMs, but I would know craziness. Let us know. Um, and we will see you next time at the bar. Yes, we will see you at this the bar. Is, this is Bree. This is D. Signing out. Bye-bye. Later.